Sunday school classrooms. And thank you very much, uh, parents, for bringing your children tonight as well. Uh, again, as our brother Deacon Vince said, praise God that you are here despite the icy roads. Um, you know, every now and then, as Christians, right, where our love for the Lord is, uh, is tested. Sometimes the test is uh, the weather, right? Um, I entitled our message tonight, Revision. The re our our new, new Year's uh, series will be Revision. That's our title, Revision. Uh, this is the week one of it. And um, let me get there. Sorry, I got lost. All right, here we go. Um, before we do that, let me say another word of prayer. And then hopefully um, your cell phones are off, by the way. And they're, or they're on silent mode. Uh, Father, we thank you for uh, this last Sunday of this year. For giving us the privilege to gather again in person. And bringing us here safe and sound, Lord God, despite the dangerous roads. We pray, Father, for... Um, your guidance for us, Lord God, as, as we all go home after this service. We're so grateful as a church, Lord God, that you've given us this building for us to gather all the, despite the pandemic and despite the, the resistance from uh, certain things, Lord God, you've made this available for our Sundays, for our Wednesdays. Thank you for the Bible studies that we've had in this church. Thank you for the ministry workers and all the leaders, Lord God, who faithfully served you. And are consistently meeting. Um, and Lord, we thank you for all the Lord's suppers that we have had. That we were able to observe. The business meetings that we were able to do. Thank you for this body that you have chosen for us. We thank you for the peace and unity. Despite the trouble that comes here and there. I thank you, Lord God, for all the new church members that you've added to this church. Uh, through 2021. But more importantly, Lord God, uh, I thank you for all the souls that you have saved through this ministry of yours. And Father, we thank you for, again, allowing us to share the gospel through our messages and through our lives. Forgive us, Lord, for all of our sins that we've committed against you and against our brothers and sisters. We thank you for your grace and mercy that is new every morning. We ask now, Lord God, for your help. Please, please Lord God, teach us and bless us by and with your Holy Spirit. Give us the humility, Lord God, to listen and to accept and the wisdom to understand whatever it is that you want us to learn and receive. We pray again, Lord God, for the lost um, souls, Lord God, that may be in our midst tonight. We pray that this will be the evening that they will surrender to your Lordship. And we pray, Father, for those who are in trouble, please rescue them. We pray for broken relationships, Lord God. Please restore them. We pray for the sick. Please heal them, Lord God. And all these things we ask in your Son's sweet and mighty name, Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen. 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 All right. We were still somewhat, maybe still in the Christmas mode, right? It's tough not to be in the Christmas mode or Christmas vacation. Um, we all deserve it. Uh, but... This is the last Sunday of the month, and I want us to get ahead of the New Year. So this is our New Year's resolution, maybe, or our New Year's series. Um, there's some New Year's resolution here from Bong. He texted me what he wanted to do. Um, 
yeah, well, he's, he said that uh, his New Year's resolution is to help all his friends gain about 10 pounds so he can look skinnier when they take pictures. <laughs> and he said that he will not try to bore his, uh, his boss with the same excuse for when he calls in for work. He will think of some new things to make uh, to, to, so he can call in. And he said that uh, he was going to quit all his bad habits for the new year, but then he remembered that nobody likes a quitter. And then um, he said that he will come up with new excuse, excuses for not doing work rather than boring my boss with the same old ones that he has been using for many years. Um, so he, he said he will try to buy new clothes too, big enough to account for the New Year's holidays. <laughs> so um, anyway, those are... You guys are probably have your own list of things that you want to change with your life, with your spiritual life or your uh, marital life or, or relationships. And it's not, it's not uh, a bad practice. However, we have to know that the, the title here is revision. It means um, the Webster's Dictionary defines this as an action of revising a change or a set of changes that corrects or improves something, a new version of something. So we don't fix something that's not broken, right? But it's kind of hard to identify what's broken if we were not honest with ourselves or if something is really not um, making us improve and yet we don't know that we need improvement on, in that one, then we don't even know that we need to change it. So the first big thing is really understanding, right, being honest with ourselves and understanding what's wrong and what's not wrong. Based on who? Based on what God wants for us. As Christians, that should be really the main thing, correct? So there's been, I mean, if you've been a Christian for many years, don't feel bad that every year you have to make revision or every day you have to make revision because the Spider-Man series, right, since 2002, they have had 14 revisions of that. 14 it spanned about three franchises and a standalone animated movie. Each of them has retold Peter Parker's origin from a different perspective. All right, so there's one again this year, and it's very popular. So it's okay for us to really have revisions. Um, so before we get to my, my, my goal tonight is to help you process with the, the guidance of the Holy Spirit, what you are to revise in your spiritual life. I'm not going to tell you what you need to do. I'm, I'm hoping I'm giving you the context of why you need to make those certain changes, maybe. And if you're not, if you don't need to make those changes, if you think you're living the life, you know, the straight and narrow perfectly, then good. Praise God. Continue to do so. Um, the first point tonight is, which is a question, what is the most expensive commodity? Um, do you guys know? Praise God, you guys know. You've heard me preach this many times. But I, I'm going to give you a slide here of the most expensive commodities. Um, the first one is an antimatter. It's 62.5 trillion per gram. That's the cost of that. The most expensive substance on earth. Production of one milligram of positrons costs about $25 million. In theory, 
we will be able to use antimatter as fuel for spacecrafts in the future. But the drawback today is that to make just one gram of it, all of mankind will have to work for about a year without rest. Count me out of that one. <laughs> they cannot count me. <laughs> Californium. Californium is the second one. 25 to 27 million per gram. The most expensive chemical element ever. It has been synthesized uh, only once since its discovery in 1950. And then diamond, number three, 55,000 per gram. The most famous precious stone on earth and the best friend of any lady. And what you buy if you're in trouble, I guess. Now, number four, tritium. Tritium, 30,000 per gram. This gas is used in lighting. For example, in tritium illumination, it costs about $15 million to produce a pound of tritium. And then uh, number five is taffet. <laughs> 20,000 per gram or 4,000 per carat. A precious stone of violet, pink, red, or white color. It is a million times rarer than diamonds, making it legendary. However, despite its uniqueness, it's not very popular when it comes to jewelry, and that's probably the reason why it's relatively inexpensive. But you guys already know it, that these things are just material things or expensive material things, and you can buy it, right? If you have the money, you can buy it. So if you have the money and you can buy it, then it's not that expensive, I suppose, right? But the most expensive one is time. Uh, next slide, please. Uh, Psalm 90, verse 1 to 2, it reads, So teach us to number our days that we may present to you a heart of wisdom. And then Psalm 39, 4 says, Show me, O Lord, my end and the measure of my days. Let me know how fleeting my life is. Now, many people start the new year by reflecting on the events of the past year and then making plans or goals for the upcoming year. Now, in my humble opinion, as the psalmists have written down for us in their prayer to God, uh, is the reminder on how quick or fleeting our days are. If you look back on how fast 2021 went, right, that should give you a huge concern if you were very careless with it. If you were saying, oh yeah, I'll serve the Lord when, right, oh yeah, when I get there, or when I'm finally there, oh, I'll take time, it's summer, I'll take a break from God or my Christianity. When I'm ready, you know, it's, it's, you have to look back and you say, wow, that went by fast. 2021 really went, I think this year, the, most, the fastest one other than December was October. I didn't feel October at all. Um, but the, God, through the psalmist, reminds us that we have to watch how we spend our time. So as you make revisions for your life in the upcoming year, you have to really put this in, in your perspective. Like, how do I spend it? Since it's going by fast, and I don't, I don't know when God's going to take me, right? We don't know how's, how He's going to take us. But we all know that God will take us one way or another. So the next point, after knowing that time is precious and that time is fleeting, we have to understand, then, then time must be our priority. How do we sp spend our time? And then the first 
the first destination or designation of that of that on how we spend it should be for who? Who do we spend it with? Right? Or who do we spend it for? And, and, and again, looking back at Psalm 90, verse 12, it reads, So teach us to number our days that we may present to you, to God, a heart of wisdom. Right? Did you notice that? It's, he says, to you. The other versions, this is NASB, the other versions will just say that we will have a heart of wisdom. So I think this is more pointed. This is more clear for us Christians. Because in this church, we say to know Christ, right? To know Christ. That's the first and most important one that we as a church understand and, and believe in. To know Christ. Anything that we know about Christ will result, our lives will result from that. That's why the, the next point is to become like Him. To know Christ, to become like Him. And then, as we continue to become like Him, as we continue to know Him, we will make Him known. So, if you look at how you spent 2021, how many times this year were you able to share the gospel? How many times this year were you able to share the gospel to your loved ones, to the people that you know do not have Christ just yet? And how much of your life was, 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 was a testimony for Christ this year? To how many people was your life being where they say, wow, I could see Jesus in Mike. I could truly see Jesus in John John. How many? How many, how many times? How many days did you, did, were you actually doing that? Those are the things that we were, were to understand. So as you ask God to remind you that your time is fleeting, the part of, of how the next part should be, Lord, help me present my life to you. Right? After asking God to teach him, the psalmist, to number his days so that he will be wise on how he spends it and on what, the next line he points to whom he desires to present his heart to and his life to. Heart is the motivator. Right? The heart is the motivator. It's the purpose driver of an individual. To whom your heart belongs to, it is the one that you live for and you do everything for. Right? If your heart belongs to your children before it belongs to God, then you will violate everything that God said so that you could just preserve your children. Same with your husband or your wife or your career. Everything else that will come before God's command, it, you will violate it if it's not God. If, if whatever is in your heart that supersedes God, then that becomes your idol, correct? God must be the one we strive to live for with these fleeting days that we have. Amen? I know, not such a big motivating... Uh, we're not big in motivating people here, aren't we? <laughs> but as we realize that you know, I've done, since I became a, a, a pastor, I've done more funerals than I've done baby dedication, sadly. Sadly because of the people that have been left behind. But most of the people that have left, that I know, that I've done their funerals, uh, the funerals for, are all Christians. So I know the, 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 the peace and hope there is that we know that they're with the Lord. So there's a peace in there. But... Just like the proverb says, 
there's, there's so much more wisdom, or in Ecclesiastes, there's so much more wisdom. It is better to be in a house of mourning than it is in a house of feasting. Because when you're in a funeral service, you will understand what life is about. What do you mean, Pastor? Life is about this. That one guaranteed thing is that we will all die, first and foremost. We just don't know how. We just don't know when. And the other thing is that the people that will fill the place for your funeral service or the celebration of your life are the people that actually care about you. My joke is this. When I die, there will be people that don't like me that will be coming because they want to make sure that I'm dead. <laughs> They're going to look in the... Oh, yeah, he's really dead. Good. <laughs> I'm going. <laughs> No, but, but the truth is that the people that will come to somebody's funeral are the people that, that care enough to pay their final respects, respect to the person. And, 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 then, and then the other re realization there is people that don't, uh, will say their, to their loved ones in their coffin, that I love you, I miss you, but then there's so much more regrets. There's so much more regrets there. I wish I spent more time with you. I wish I moved here right next to you. And there's... And those are all realization because we don't know. We think we make plans as if we're going to live forever, right? That's, that's how we make plans. And then we, we approach, even though God reminds us all the time that time is fleeting. Time is fleeting. Live for me. Live for me. Right? But no, we, we, we know better. So, if we, since we know that God reminds us that that. Time is precious, that life is fleeting, that we have to spend it for Him, live it for Him. And then the third point is, now whose decision, as you revise your life, as you make revisions in your life, whose decision should it be? Whose decision should it be? Now here's in James. James chapter 4, verse 13 to 17 reads, Look here, you who say, today or tomorrow we are going to a certain town, and we'll stay there a year. We will do business there and make a profit. How do you know what your life will be like tomorrow? Your life is like the morning fog. It's here a little while, then it's gone. What you ought to say is, is if the Lord wants us to, we will live and do this or that. Otherwise, you are boasting about your own pretentious plans, and all such boasting is evil. Remember, it is sin to know what you ought to do and then not do it. See, the sin of omission. What, what, we, could, we could have an entire series in this whole passage, but just for your revision, as you make revisions, as you make plans on how you should live your life, you have to first understand the sovereignty of the Lord. Amen? And that he takes it seriously. Church, God hates the proud. God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. And this is a fair warning to all of us. That as we make plans for our lives, we have to really humble ourselves and say, Lord, what do you want for me to do? How do you want me to live my life? Where do you want me to go? Right? It, it, Christians, we're, we're so good to making our plans about the Christianese things. <laughs> I know, that's my word, right? 
Many times, many times, many well-intentioned Christ followers fail in this department when they're making plans. Fail in what? In surrender, surrendering to God's sovereignty. We make the plan, we act on the plan, and then we pray, and then we say, Lord, please bless my plan. We basically put God in the spot already, right? Many of us, we do that. It's better to ask for uh, forgiveness than to ask for permission. Many do that. Many people do that. They'll, they'll start this, and then they'll just apologize later. But see, with God, church, because we live in our society, it's a free, it's a free country, right? We're told to do whatever we want. So long, as, so, so long as we're happy, go ahead, do it. You're free. It's your money. It's your time. It's your life. But really, as Christians, we're told, God tells us to ask Him. Ask Him what He wants for us to do, not what we want for us to do for Him. There's a big difference. But we're going to say, oh, but it, you know, but I'm a missionary anyway. I'm going to be a missionary in the Philippines. I'm going to share the gospel. That's what God wants, right? I'm going to share the gospel anyway. Well, what if God wanted you to stay here in Reno and serve Him here? What if the guy that is being called to the Muslim nation is, is saying, oh, I want to stay in the States because it's safer, it's more comfortable, but you know that God is calling you to go there. Right? But then some of you, maybe there will be somebody that wants to go to the Muslim nation because they want to stay away from their wife. You know, that's not, that's, not, that's not a good thing, right? We have to ask God what God wants us to do, where God wants us, how God wants us. Amen? And now it's pride when we don't ask Him. It's prideful. And He said, it is sin to know what you ought to do. What, we, what do we have to do? Run it by the Lord. Run it by the Lord. And if you know what He's asking you to do and you're not doing it, then you're sinning. Now Romans 12, 1-2, it reads, A living sacrifice. Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good, pleasing, and perfect will. Now, living sacrifice. Everybody says this. A lot of people say this, including me before. I would come up with this idea, and I usually tell Noimel, when we were outside, we were the unsanctioned security ministry before, it was a good excuse to still be at church, but not really listening. You know, you're there. <laughs> we were there, and, and I would always come up with this dramatic point of view. You know, like, oh, Noemel, what if somebody comes in here? Because this is when the, the shooting, there was a lot of church shootings that were happening during that time. I said, Noemel, somebody comes in here shooting, you go inside, okay? I'll jump the guy. And then Noemel starts laughing. And I go, yeah, man, this is a perfect way to go for God, right? Isn't that dramatic? Like, so, like a heroic right you die for God but then God had a better idea he said no you're not gonna die for me you're gonna live for me you're gonna be a pastor <laughs> you're gonna go to church even if it's icy roads <laughs> and when people ask you pastor are you gonna cancel church because the roads are icy you're gonna be faced with the dilemma <laughs> what do I do me of little faith 
You know, I've been, I've been asked many questions and I've always been tempted to always say the otherwise, take the easy out. You know, when the youth went for a mission trip and their car broke down, they asked me, Pastor, the car broke down. What do we do? First text from their pastor, abort. Abort the mission, guys. We will come get you halfway. They, I'm, so, I'm so glad these guys are closer to God than I am. They prayed, and then the next morning they woke up and they said, Vince said, in my devotion and in my prayer time, I think we should continue to go. They went, and it worked. And then the verse to me, oh ye of little faith. <laughs> but living sacrifice, guys. You coming here tonight, physically, you made yourself a living sacrifice, right? Our teaching was saying there was accidents behind me, to my left and to my right and in front of me. <laughs> as you were coming and you're praying, right? I, I think we all said a lot of prayers today as we were driving here, right? See, that's living for God. One way to live for God is coming to church. So in your, as you revise your life for the next year, are, are, is that one of your considerations? Shouldn't that be one of your considerations? You're going to live for God. Are you going to live for Him? So one way to live for Him is going to church, despite the weather. Now, when we say weather, that includes summer. Because you know what? Some people are not here because of the ice. But when summer hits, they're not here because they're at the beach. Because it's nicer there. Picnic is good. California. Seafood city. Right? Jollibee. See, I, somebody texted me today and she, and she asked me, are we closing church? Are we canceling? Are you just going to feed, do a Facebook Live? And I said, you know, I'm tired of giving the people that don't like to go to church an excuse. <laughs> and I want to reward the people that want to come to church despite the weather. I want to reward them. So living sacrifice means that our lives is a sacrifice for God. Amen. As we live. And how do we sacrifice our... How, how does our lives become a sacrifice for God? We deny ourselves of the many good things that we can get and have. That is not according to God's will. Amen? For the single people, the good-looking guys and the good-looking girls here. The one thing that you will deny yourself from is premarital relations before getting married. I know. It's hard. That's difficult. Because that's the society. It's very acceptable, right? It's the normal practice. So you deny yourself of that. All of us here are working. What do, what do we deny ourselves of if we need to serve God, when we want to serve God? Working overtime on a Sunday. If it's offered, it's like, oh my gosh, it's triple pay. You know what? I went to church last Wednesday anyway. Saved by grace, Lord. Right? I mean, we have to deny ourselves that. Now, I'm not saying you lost your salvation when you missed church. But I'm saying you want to revise your life. You want to, to make a new life this coming 2022. Then part of you living, making your life a living sacrifice is making it to church. Now, how, do you do, how, how does that even make sense if you don't renew your minds too? How, are you renewing your mind? How do you renew your mind if you're not reading your Bible? If you're on Netflix or Apple TV more than you're reading your Bible or listening to the messages or praying, how much of 2021 did you pray, guys? How much of 2021 did you actually read and study God's Word? 
But yet you say you want to live for God. So start doing it by doing these practical things. Now the question, why? Why do I need to do this? Am I not saved by grace? And there, isn't, there, isn't there nothing that I need to do and that can add to that salvation? Yes, that's true. You cannot add to your salvation as much as you did not earn your salvation. But the why is because you're a new creation. So as, when you accepted Christ, the, you, you, when you accepted Him as Lord, you released your old self. This is what I recite to you when you go to your water baptism. For those of you who have done your water baptism with us here. If anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. All things have passed. Passed away. Behold, all things have become new. As you go down in the water, your old self has been buried. And you come up and it's the new life. Because we are a new creation and all the things of our old sinful nature has been crucified with Christ, that moment that we accepted Jesus as our Lord, there was an admittance there that we are sinners. We lived against the will of God and we sinned against a holy God. We then asked for forgiveness and then we profess that He is now our Lord. Having a Lord in the medieval times um, meant that you were under their ruling. There is nothing that you can do unless your Lord allows you to do it. Therefore, as Jesus is our Lord, we are His slaves. Now before you think that is a bad thing because slaves is, has been stigmatized, right? We are either the slaves of the Lord or the slaves of Satan. Right? We've shown that many, many times. You are of your father, the devil. If you do not belong to God, you belong to the enemy. However, with Jesus, he doesn't see us as his slaves, but his friends. Look at John 15, 15. I'm giving you the whys. Why do you want to live for the Lord? Why do you want to be a living sacrifice for him? Because he doesn't treat us as slaves. Look at this. This is why he said, no longer, do, no longer do I call you slaves, for the slave does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends, because all things that I have heard from my Father, I have made known to you. Now, church, Christians, believers, 2021, how much of that year did you really live your life for Him? Right? That, that's, that should be the question of, 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 of every Christian. As, as every year ends, as every day ends, we have to, we have to ask ourselves, how much of my life did I spend for the Lord today, this year? Because He calls us friends. To be a friend of God, despite our imperfection, despite the many things that we have done in the past, and despite the things that we still do, God calls us friends. And God gave, I, I know, we just celebrated Christmas, right? That same baby became the sacrificial lamb. For your sins and mine. But, so the why should be in gratitude of all of that truth. Our hearts should be driven to live for Him. So you, when you make your revision, when you make your New Year's resolution for the, next, for the upcoming year, you have to realize these things. 
I am God's friend. I am a new creation. I represent him. When people see me, they see Christ in me. They should see Christ in me. So am I living my life the way my friend Jesus, my God, my Lord Jesus wants me to? Since we are now his friends, we all know his plans, correct? We all know his plans. Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Right? How many times, again, how many times this 2021 did you share the gospel? When you uttered those words, John 3.16, Ephesians 2.8.9, you know you don't have to do things for God uh, to save yourself, but God already did it for you. You know, did you, did you put yourself on the line there? Now look at this. Verse 16 in John 15. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you would go and bear fruit and that your fruit would remain so that whatever you ask of the Father in my name, he may give to you. In verse 17, this is... This I command you, that you love one another. God chose us so that we will belong to Him, right? So again, when you realize and accept these things or learn about these things, shouldn't, that be, shouldn't gratitude sprout or give, uh, should, shouldn't it the overflow of your heart? Out of your gratitude, you should be willing to be a living sacrifice for God. You should be willing to live for Him. Because out of your gratitude, not because it's a burden. So when you, when you look forward for 2022, as you revise again your mind, your heart, and your life, let it be that, that, you know, God chose me. Despite my imperfection. Because nobody else would have chosen me, right? I mean, we've been rejected many times from people that we thought would accept us no matter what, Right? you will still get rejected by them. But God never, after you have received Him, you are forever, forever His. And then He gives us the right to pray. He gives us the right to pray to Him. And that whatever we ask of Him, He will give because we belong to Him. So are you prayerful other than material things? No. So I, I wasn't feeling well yesterday, so I was in bed the whole day. And then Anna wanted to watch a show, and then I watched the show. It's, the title is Look Up. It says Look Up. It, I, I was seeing many illustrations there, and the one thing I'm going to use tonight is when he prayed. It was, it was, I'm going to spoil it for you guys so that you don't watch it. <laughs> An asteroid was going to hit it, okay? It was going to hit the earth. Hollywood is so obsessed with that earth, asteroid, you know, boom, end of the world. So... Uh, the, the son of the president of the United States prayed. You know what his prayer was? I want to pray for stuff, the good stuff, you know, the material things. Cars are nice, the good things. I hope the asteroid doesn't hit us so that we can keep all those good things. Still, in the brink of his, of his death, he's praying for material things. I hope as Christians, as we continue as, as you revise your life, right? As you revise your life according to God's will, your prayer life is also changing, right? Your prayer life is changing to become better as you pray for God's will. Now, when we decide to make a revision for this new year, we have to make note of God's sovereignty in our lives. 
He is our why. The reason, the heart of what and why we do things. Knowing that our lives are but a mist and that our plans must be first surrendered to Him and to what He wants for us. To revise our lives this new year, we have to love one another. This is another revision. The love here is to first love other believers. Amen? First and foremost, our love must be for other believers first and then to our neighbors. Because I'm finding it that some Christians are more loving to outside non-believers and more understanding of them than their fellow believers. But again, I have to unpack this too, that the definition of love, folks, true love, God's love, is never about condoning sin. Amen? We do not condone sin. We do not condone sin in order for us to just keep the peace with others so that we will be loving. True love is telling the truth. Amen? Even if it hurts. Because God loves us no matter what, but His love was shown on the cross. And what do we see in the cross? God's judgment, the truth, that because of sin, blood must be spilled. And that's what happened. Christ spilled His blood. It was, right? He he suffered the most horrific way to die, crucifixion. But we say the cross is God's love. So there's the, the judgment, the truth. But then He says, it is finished. It is finished. Because of, of His sacrifice, then, then there's grace. It is paid for. Your sins and my sins have been paid for on the cross. And that's God's picture of perfect love. So us Christians, when we're loving our neighbors, or loving each other, we are to love each other by telling each other the truth in love. We are not to condone sin. Oh, you know what? If he, if he decides to live that way, you know what, just so long as we keep the peace at church, let's just tolerate it. You know what tolerate is? Let's say you went on a Christmas party at my house, right? And I cooked my famous adobo. <laughs> Not even famous. <laughs> right? I give you my adobo and I say, you like it? And you say, I can tolerate it. That's what tolerate is. <laughs> So if you think you're being loving because you're tolerating, you're not. Loving is telling the truth. Telling your brother or your sister who's falling and you know they're falling, you tell them, hey, you know, because I love you, because of my my love for the Lord, and I know you love God, you're not living the right way. Now sometimes, most of the time I'm finding it, when I do that, they leave the church. (laughs) Because they don't want it. But at the same time, this is the thing. Mark 12, 29, 31 tells us about the greatest commandment, correct? The two greatest commandments. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your mind, all your soul, all your strength. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. So what's the first greatest commandment? Love God. So if, if, if Jesus says, love one another in John, John 15, 17, I command you that you love one another. He doesn't say you love one another above him. That makes sense? God's commands, God's will, us to live a holy life, 
maintains there. It stays there first before everybody else. So this 2022, as you continue to know God and, and, and to, to want to live for Him, let it be one of those things too that you're going to change in your life. That you're going to be the truth sayer to your people, to the people that God brings across you. Don't just be politically correct. Come on, you've been politically correct the rest of your life. And then guess what happened? People that you can actually minister to, you're not doing it. The, the gay people that, that God brings along your way, I will probably never meet them. So if you, because you have a good relationship with them, you, will prob you, you probably have the time and the relationship to, to tell them that it's not God's will for them how the, the, on how they're living. Right? And then you share the gospel to them. Our friends and our family that are not living according to God's will, that are Christians, let's, let's be bold. Right? Because God, has given, God did not give us a spirit of timidity, but of boldness. Ah, all right. They're like, man, I thought he was sick. <laughs> now, you know, the truth, the, the word of God is the truth. Amen? Whether we like it or not, it's God's, God's truth. Whatever is written there, we can argue with it, but it's written down. It's God's truth. Correct? Now, God, in Hebrews 4.12, it says that the, God's word is a double-edged sword. It can heal or it can separate. Now, if you have a headache, a migraine, you can easily fix that by drinking more water or maybe sleeping or drink Advil or Tylenol. No surgery necessary. But if you have a tumor, something serious, you will need to go to the hospital and you will need to bleed. You will need to be cut by the scalpel, right? It will cut it. They need to cut it. And then you will bleed. Blood will come out. It will hurt. But then it's for you to become better and healthier. It's the same with the Word of God. When we hear God's word and it convicts us, it hurts us, it hits us, and it says, oh gosh, that's something that's still very much there. We have to allow the word of God to cut through it. I'm a gossiper. My goodness, Lord, go ahead and cut that away from me. I'm still enjoying that. I'm still watching that. Cut it out from me, Lord God. It hurts. It hurts for us to accept it. When God reveals something to us that's truly still us, it hurts. Because we, we think we're better. We want to think we're better, right? But when God presents it, we have to be humble to receive it so that we will heal according to His will. Now, every book, for those of you who read, every book goes through a series of revisions before it is published. A good editor works with the author to ensure that the final version of the book is as polished as possible. Following the editor's advice, the author will rework sentences, choose different words, and even rewrite whole sections of the book. In a similar way, God acts as our editor. Through His Holy Spirit, He challenges us to make revisions. Amen? As you contemplate 2022 
and what you need to revise in your life, my prayer is that you will greatly involve the Holy Spirit in that. And how do you involve the Holy Spirit in your decision making? Be prayerful. Come to prayer. Go to your knees. Throw away your phone for five seconds. Lock yourself in a room without any distractions. Involve the Holy Spirit. Ask God what He wants you to change with your life in this coming year. As you realize that time flies, and then with you realizing that you will make your priorities, and then that your priorities should be God first and foremost. And as you're making your plans, you have to recognize and accept that God is sovereign and that you should allow Him to be the Lord of your life. And why do we want to revise our lives in that manner? Because we are His new creation. And we, are, we represent Him. We carry His name. And that all these things we do in obedience to Him and His will is because of our love for Him and our gratitude to Him. And our gratitude and our love for Him results to obedience, and in obedience, is, it will be an overflow of, that includes loving others. But for us to be loving to others, we have to become loving ourselves, correct? So those are the things that, um, those are my suggestions according to God's Word as you make and you contemplate the new year coming, and you're thinking about revisions in your life. Um, let this be your, 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 your thoughts. I know the, the diet's going to be there. The exercise will be there. That's all your physical life. But I'm praying, I'm hoping that your first and foremost priority will be your spiritual life. Amen? Amen. Thank you. That is our message tonight. Join me in the word of prayer, Father. We thank you for your message tonight. We thank you for the rest of the year again, Lord God, of 2021. Um, we kept meeting, Lord God. You kept allowing us to meet in person. You never, you, you, we didn't have any excuse not to, to gather and praise you and worship you. Uh, we thank you for this building for all these years that you've given to us. We thank you for our health, that you've allowed us to, to, to drive and to be healthy enough to walk, sit down, and, and sing, Father, for you. Lord, you have been so good to us. We pray now, Lord God, as the new year approaches, Father, I pray that our hearts and our minds will be revised, Lord God, changed for you so that we will live for you finally, so that we will, we will glorify you finally, Lord God. Not for our glory, but for your glory. We pray, Father, that this church of yours, Lord God, will be pleasing to you. And we ask, Lord God, for blessings for, again, for, for everybody that has made it here tonight. I pray for their protection as they drive home. And I pray that you will reward their faithfulness, Lord God, facing danger. They still went to come and worship you. Same thing when, when the coronavirus was scaring us not to meet in person, Father. You still have protected us and allowed us to meet. I pray for protection and blessings for your loved ones, Lord God, in this church. And Father, I pray that... Um, you will allow us again to meet on Wednesday um, for the prayer service, Lord. Bless us the entire week, Lord. May we live for you. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. And all the Lord's people said, Amen. 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 Let's all